Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk again about the Kingdom of God, and we're going to kind of bounce off a lot of the things that are happening in the news today to eventually get to the topic of salvation and uh, what salvation was all about. I mean, the Word shows up many, 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 many times in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it's actually is translated from several different words. Uh, one of them is, uh, that we see in the New Testament is sortieria, uh, which has to do with uh, being delivered and saved and protected. And, of course, the, one of the best examples of such uh, salvation was Moses freeing the people from the bondage of Egypt. But we are in a world that is often dangerous and precarious and many pitfalls and so how do we actually obtain salvation people say oh you believe in jesus uh believe that he's the son of god you know the devil does all that uh he just doesn't do what jesus wants you to do and so you have to have a faith that actually is a faith faith was something that was a conviction that compelled action not that you're saved by action but if you don't if you're not producing the actions of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, you're probably not saved. That's evidence of you lack salvation. You think, well, I saved because I believe, but I'm going to continue to do all the things that God says not to do, and I'm not going to do the things that he says to do. Well, then you're not really saved because you don't really believe. You just think. And thinking don't make it so. So anyway, but like I said, we're going to bounce off a lot of the things that are happening in uh, the news today, the events of people's real lives and even the termination of their lives, such as the 49, I guess 49 victims as it is today uh, in New Zealand who were killed in, uh, in another mass shooting. Now, there were, there were mass killings all over the world in the last week, uh, but you won't hear about most of them. They have to fit a certain scenario. I mean, there were Christians killed, uh, you know, in Muslim countries and Muslims killed in semi-Christian countries. So what, what's all this killing about? Well, to tell you the truth, killing's been going on for a real long time. And uh, guns are not the cause of killing. As a matter of fact, most people are not killed with uh, guns these days. Even uh, they're murdered with all kinds of other things besides guns. And, uh, and I posted a few things on Facebook that... Uh, and sharing them publicly, uh, which are old old stories, but most people don't hear them because uh, we have, you know, in, in in the United States especially, I've been looking at European news a lot uh, over the last decade or so because of the fact that uh, American news is extremely biased. They uh, it is filtered heavily filtered. I've been using Google for a long time and other search engines. I've actually studied to see. You know, what you get when you use this search engine, what you get when you use that search engine. And a lot of them are going the route of Google using some of the same parameters as Google. But the reality is Google is uh, filtering. 
what you see. I used to do uh, searches and find information, and I go back and use the same search, and it, I can't find it using those searches. You have to know where it's at and, you know, be very specific because these algorithms are 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 controlling what you will see and what you won't see. And this is therefore controlling your mind. In other words, Google is writing upon your mind as to what is true and what is not true. And the media is doing it. I don't want to blame everything on Google. But the reality is, is that you are being influenced by the input of knowledge. And if you're on the internet, that's a source of knowledge. If you're not on the internet, you still are picking up books. What are the common books? We've gone through this, shown that history books written 100 years ago, 75 years ago, 50 years ago, they've, they're changing. And they're changing by design. People have admitted that they want to change the way in which Americans view history. Same thing going on in Europe. And, of course, why? Because knowledge is power. And if you only are having access to certain knowledge, you will only have access to certain powers because that's just the way it goes. So what we try to do here at uh, His Holy Church and on Keys of the Kingdom is try to give you knowledge that you're not going to get other places. And also to give you a perspective on knowledge that you are not going to get other places. Uh, like this week, there was there was a major vote in the state of Oregon, and the truth is, is these same kind of votes are going on all over the United States. Uh, I have contacts now with people who are on the inside of government on a regular basis. Uh, I've actually had those contacts, different contacts, for years and years, uh, and they they come to me like. Christ at night, you know, where the, the Pharisees come to Christ at night to talk to him because they don't want to be seen in the daylight. <laughs> because we we live in a kind of a cloak and dagger world. The, too much knowledge is a dangerous thing. So anyway, they, they share certain things with me about what's going on. I actually have a lot more uh, contacts than I used to have. And but I'm seeing a lot more changes going on in the governments of the world, and I, I'm I'm using Oregon because I'm sitting here in Oregon. I'm using the United, United States because I am in that world of the United States. But I also look at you know we have people in Australia and South Africa, and they give us information about what's going on there, as well as like I say, I've been looking at foreign feeds for years. I've got. Two of my uh, children have married people from other countries, and so we have access now to, you know, just by the nature of association with what's going on in other countries. But I also have a, an intricate knowledge of how history works. And so that gives me a little bit different perspective than a lot of other people, because they haven't been teaching history in schools for years. And this is this is actually a very serious problem that they're not teaching history in school. There was an article I shared. Actually, I, I tweeted uh, back on this, and then I've, I've shared another tweet this morning on on the subject. And I, I don't really find a great value in Twitter, but if if you're on Twitter and you want to get it onto our feed, you can, you can find us out there somewhere. We have that all posted uh, 
at uh, preparingyou.com. One article was, was uh, what liberals forget before the welfare state, Americans took care of each other. We've been pointing this out for years and years. And they, But the essential thing is they took care of one another by charity. If you don't take care of one another by charity, your alternative is to take care of one another by force. That's what socialism is. It's taking care of one another by force. If you're going to do it by force, you're going to have to give power to somebody to exercise that authority and that force. And of course, if you do it by force, you will not be free. Your society will not be free. You will have dictators rise up in in your midst, democracy or not. You'll have dictators rise up and they will put their own agenda for, forth. Uh Hitler was a democratic socialist. Some people say, oh, that's not real socialism. <laughs> he he advocated socialism and that's how he got to power because people who wanted socialism said, well, okay, I trust Hitler. Well, big mistake. But Hitler didn't do it all by himself. There were a lot of other people involved. But uh, what I wanted to bring up was a uh, uh, a, a vote that took place in Oregon uh, just in this last week, and I was looking for the article itself. I don't think I, uh, I had the notes on on, on it. Uh, oh, here I put it at the end. Okay, uh, there was a bill three hundred three six. I knew it was there was three thousand something, but I couldn't remember the number. And uh, it's a controversial uh, vaccine bill that will require everybody in the state of Oregon. Everybody in the state of Oregon to get vaccinations and they can add more vaccinations and to and, and invent more vaccinations and add them to the list of vaccinations that you can get and you can be compelled and there is no exemption. There's no religious exemption. There's no exemption from, uh, you know, uh, conscientious objection uh, or whatever. Uh, the par- parents can't exempt their children out. You say, oh, well, I'll homeschool if I do that. Well, they want to go into the homeschools too. And Oregon is not the only state coming up with this kind of legislation. As a matter of fact, the people introduced, you know, I can't, I can't say the exact number, but the numbers have been bantied around in conversations of over 50 new pieces of legislation were suddenly introduced and who's who you know it takes a while to write up this legislation put it all together there are lobbyists putting these things together uh confiscation of guns uh removal of of certain types of guns and clips and restrictions and then you you have uh, senators coming and say oh we're only looking at background checks and everything and then you find out there's all kinds of other provisions in these bills so you can't even trust them. But they had a vote and they wanted to have more participation. Supposedly, this is the theory. They wanted more, more participation uh, with the individual counties in Oregon. So they were going to include people from those different counties, commissioners, judges, what have you. And they put together a panel of 40 to review these bills. And there was lots of them to review. And you you. You, if you wanted to go and and hear the seminars on the different bills, uh, a lot of those seminars overlap, so you can't even go and review all the different bills. 
one person can't do it. You have to pick which ones you want to review and then go and review those and kind of, you know, pick what battle you want to take. And so they had, uh, they had a review and then they have phone conferences because these are taking place up in other parts of the state and everybody can't get there and these are last minute, uh, announcements. And so on this 40, uh, deal, uh, 40 man, uh, man and woman panel, um, person panel, they, uh, they were examining whether or not you should force everybody in the state to be vaccinated, whether they consent to it or not. And uh, in conversations, private conversations with some of the people that were in in these uh, meetings, uh, the Nuremberg trials came up. And, uh, you know, the Nuremberg Codes, it came out. Now, one of the Nuremberg Codes, one of the, the, the top major thing that came out of the Nuremberg Codes was the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. This means that the person involved should have legal capacity to give consent, should be uh, situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraints or coercion, and should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him or her to make an understanding and enlightened decision. It goes on from there, but we won't go into all that. I'm actually going to have one of the members of that panel on as a guest on this afternoon's show. And uh, that we'll talk more about some of the things that were brought up. So, you know, somebody blurted out that, uh, well, vaccines got rid of polio. We were able to uh, completely annihilate polio by vaccines. Oh, really? Is, is is that true? Do you know that that's true? Is there scientific evidence that that's true? I know that claim's been around for a long time. We eradicated polio with the vaccine. Well, what vaccine did you use to eradicate the Spanish flu? Oh, you didn't have a vaccine for the Spanish flu? <laughs> well, what happened to it? Geez, you know, if you'd come up with a vaccine for that, you could also claim that you eradicated the, the Spanish flu with a vaccine, but you didn't. You did come up with a vaccine for polio, and polio disappeared. Uh, Spanish flu disappeared. What happened to them? They just disappeared, right? No. Actually, they did testing of people. You could test people's blood to determine whether or not they had been exposed to polio and whether or not they were immune to polio before the vaccine was created and, and they started using it. They found out that vast numbers of people in New York State and other places in the United States uh, where they did the testing were already immune. They had been exposed to the polio virus. They had developed a natural immunity, a lifetime natural immunity to polio, and they weren't getting it. <laughs> so... Was that what actually took place or was it vaccinating everybody? We know that the polio vaccine in some forms, that, that it actually has contaminated people with uh, uh, a virus that uh, has now generated 
uh, allowed cancer to be generated in tens of thousands of people and has killed many people. I know people who died because they had gotten polio vaccinations and therefore they had picked up this monkey virus. Therefore, they had their immune system was eventually compromised and they were their body was unable to stop the storms of uh, micro tumors that eventually some of them grew into big tumors and killed them. So they're not telling you that. It's a fact. It's a medical fact that the polio vaccine killed thousands of people. It took a long time to kill them because of the type of monkey virus that was introduced into their system by the polio vaccine. But they're not telling you. There's no money in telling you that I would be admitting that they had done something wrong. It had actually exposed because they knew they were warned by the people who were inventing this vaccine that this monkey virus was in the polio vaccine and they had no idea of what it could do but they believed that it could actually cause severe harm to the health of the populations. And they continued with it because there was so much money at, at, at stake. And so that's actually could get you put into trial at the Nuremberg trials. <laughs> so, but anyway, people are uninformed. The Many of the electorate are uninformed. Even the 40 people on these panels are uninformed and they didn't have time to get informed. And so, you know, the nine people who voted against this forced vaccination program needed to be better prepared and uh, they needed to have more information ready at their fingertips, facts, information. You can't even Google the studies that showed, at least I haven't been able to find them, I know they exist. The studies that showed that people all the way across the United States were becoming immune to polio long before the vaccine even came about. And it's the type of immunity that you can literally pass on to your children if you do things like breastfeed. And uh, you can pass that immunity on to your children. That's what's happening during the first six months or year of, of breastfeeding is that you're passing that immunity on to your your uh offspring from generation to generation this is how it works this is how, this is nature um you know most of all the people who want universal vaccinations they all believe in evolution but vaccination is actually thwarting the theory of evolution <laughs> it's getting in the way of it but anyway we'll talk more about that but i just wanted to bring up that on the nuremberg trials and those of you who don't know what the nuremberg trials are and uh, some of the principles, some of the principles that came out of the, the Nuremberg trials stem all the way back to the Hippocratic Oath, which is 600 B.C., I think, is uh, the date of the Hippocratic Oath, that you're not supposed to be do, giving anybody, um, well, one thing, pessaries, which is abortive substances. You're not supposed to be doing harm to them. You're You're supposed to... Uh, let them know what you are doing to them and the repercussions of what you're doing to them. This is why they have these fine print inserts in all vaccinations. If I opened up the insert all the way and put it in standard 12 point print, uh, that it comes with the vaccination, you know, the vaccines, 
uh, you would be astounded. You'd be reading for hours <laughs> before you, and you'd need a dictionary in order to find out what you're reading. That these are all the warnings. And but the reality is, is that if the vaccine hurts you, you can't sue the company. Uh, they're they're immune to any kind of prosecution if they give you something that will actually harm you, which is, you know, that law in itself is a violation of the uh, the codes of the Nuremberg trials. Um, you know, because, but, and then they, they have a government funded place where you can go and try to get compensation. But if you don't apply timely, you're out. Those twins or triplets that all received their vaccination and within 24 hours, they were already becoming autistic, shutting down one after another and, uh, devastated the family emotionally. Um, financially, and uh, they were told there was nothing they could do. You can't sue the the uh, company. Mostly, what they were concerned about is the wealth, of, uh, uh, health of the child. Uh, then they l- later found out that they could have uh, made an application to to get uh, compensation because of vaccine injury, but they found out too late, and they wouldn't let them apply. They know that these children were injured by the vaccines. I mean, because you have triplets that are not all identical triplets. And they were all injured within 24 hours, severely injured within 24 hours of receiving their vaccine shots. And that particular batch of vaccines actually killed other children and was eventually pulled off the market. So it was definitely the vaccine that damaged these children. But they could not get any compensation because they failed to file the proper papers at the proper time with the proper agency. And so they don't, they're not covered. You know, statute of limitation, you know, one year is what they had, I think, to uh, file. That's a gross injustice. And, uh, but those people, they voluntarily, they weren't informed, like we just read there, of the dangers. As a matter of fact, it was put down that there probably wasn't danger. One of the people who came up to testify about vaccines was actually a registered nurse. Her job is probably now in jeopardy <laughs> because there's a serious problem with vaccines. And now Google is saying that they're going to start filtering anything that you publish on vaccines because they don't want misinformation out there. What I've I've gone and looked at you know there's only about one book out there that really promotes that the idea that the the anti-vaxxers or at least and all the anti-vaxxers aren't anti-vaxxers they they're saying that we need a, a more sensible approach to vaccination they're, but they're all lumped over into the anti-vaxxers because you're not supposed to question vaccines whatsoever but the book that's pro-vaccine it doesn't have the facts that the anti-vaxxers have. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't deal with actually peer-reviewed papers. But anyway, we'll talk more about this, but we're going to get into salvation here when we come back to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, we're again, we're looking at these little points in history and uh, and current events and how they relate to points in history or how points in history relate to current events. To give you a better understanding of the kingdom of God, which is 
from generation to generation. That's what the Bible says. The kingdom of God is from generation to generation. Well, generation to generation implies a little understanding of history. You know, if you didn't have the internet, if you didn't have publishing companies with history books galore everywhere, you know, and all kinds of reports and uh, about what went on in the past, what would you do to get that sense of history? Well, you would know your grandfather, you would know your maybe your great-grandfather, and you would know stories about your great-great-grandfather, and you would get a sense of history because you would realize that I am here because of generation upon generation upon generation. You would have a cultural knowledge of the people that where you lived. They had been around. You might see their monuments. You might see what they had constructed. You would be learning things that they learned about horticulture, about taking care of animals. Uh, you know, my, my granddaughters were over early this morning. They, before they came to see me, they went into the sheep barn to <laughs> check out the sheep. And they, you know, to some degree, they could already give me a report on what they saw because they, they can look at the sheep and begin to see things about them and what they need and what's going on in the sheep barn and in the field because they've been learning with me all these different things that I had learned over the years. So they're actually getting this sense of the progression of history, of generation from generation. When my own daughters were growing up, their, their mothers were... uh you know, they knew all the cows in the field. They knew them by name. They knew who their mother was. They, what they had done was they they named, uh, you know, of a cow. They had a cow. I think it was named Chocolate. I can't remember that. They they could probably tell you better than me. And so all the offspring of that cow was named after one or another kind of chocolate. You know, one might be called Hershey's and. You know, I don't even know all the names of chocolate, but they would have different names for it. Another one was, uh, a cow was called Champagne, which I won't explain why we called it Champagne, but all of its offspring was named after one form of wine or another. <laughs> so, so they would know four generations later uh, that, you know, by the name of a cow, who its parents were and uh, who its mother was. And uh, they would know the animals generation from generation. So this is a way in which you develop this sense of history. And why that's important is you're not this isolated, narcissistic creature floating around trying to figure out how to satisfy your particular feelings in a given moment of your life. You realize that you're a part of a consecutive march of generations that you're here because of someone else's sacrifice. And then you will pass that, that baton of your own life and existence onto your children in this progression of generation to generation. And, uh, that alters the way you see the whole world when you do this. Now, there are other spiritual influences that will try to throw you off that path. And we saw that this was coming years and years ago when we saw them removing history class from 
public education. Of course, we were already outside of the public education uh, dynamic or dialectic. And uh, we were homeschooling our kids and getting a wholly different perspective towards what's going on in the world today. So if I were to go back to the Nuremberg trials, which came up with the idea that you have to have consent before you apply any medical treatment to anybody, and without that consent, they don't have any sense of that. They think, oh, well, vaccines are good. They just think that. And they said, well, vaccines cured polio. They just think that. It's not true. Vaccines cured nothing. They did not cure polio. They did give, you know, like whooping cough vaccine. You go get the whooping cough vaccine, you may be immune to getting complex whooping cough. You may end up getting whooping cough, but you will only, you know, cough a little bit uh, for a period of time. And then you won't get maybe the serious side effects of whooping cough, which could be as bad as death. And so you say, well, that helped me. What you don't know is that you, when you were coughing a little bit and you got whooping cough, but not severe internal whooping cough problems, you had the whooping cough dynamic in your lungs. Because you don't have, if you get vaccine immunity, you do not have lung immunity. If you get whooping cough and develop natural immunity, you have lung immunity. Okay, so what does that mean? That means that you, if you're vaccinated and you get whooping cough and you just cough a little bit, sometimes a lot, sometimes a little bit, you're actually carrying whooping cough. You can contaminate other people. If you had real whooping cough, you'd be home in bed, isolated in bed. But you don't know you have real whooping cough. You just have this little cough for a few days. You're actually spreading whooping cough because you have no lung immunity. That's not the bad thing. You think that's the bad thing because, yeah, you can go out and contaminate other people and make them sick and they, you know, they, they might die. If they don't have the vaccine, they might die. Uh, if they don't have the max vaccine, they might actually develop natural immunity and not die either. And they may not even cough. If their immune system is really good, they may not even know they've developed that immunity because it can happen that quick. But what you don't know, the bad thing is, is while that whooping cough disease is in your lungs, it is now prone to mutation. You've actually, you have become a test tube for the mutation of the whooping cough uh, illness because you have the live whooping cough in your lungs, you have the vaccine in your bloodstream, which is uh, DNA particles of whooping cough, and you can actually transmute that whooping cough into a different type of virus that can actually go out and and mutate so that you can actually infect people who even do have the vaccine. And this is how it works. This is how nature works. But see, you stepped outside of nature and you have looked for salvation to modern medicine. You're not looking to nature. You're not looking to the evolution of natural immunity in your system, in your biological system. You're looking to bring an outside influence in 
and give you salvation from disease, protection from disease. So that's a particular spirit that you're following when you're doing that. Now, I'm not anti-vaxxer. I just want you to understand what the process really is. So let's go back now. We're going to shift gears and let's go back to the Nuremberg trials back in 1948, which was a, it's a military tribunal, uh, held, held by allied forces under international law to try what they call war criminals and, uh, from World War II. Now, people like Adolf Hitler, uh, Wilhelm, uh, Bergdorf, uh, Hans Krebs, uh, Joseph Goebbels, you know, those, some of those names you might know. If you know a little bit of history, you should know all of them. <laughs> but they all committed suicide in the spring of 1945 to avoid capture. They didn't even know about a Nuremberg trial. They just didn't want to even be captured. Heinrich Himmler, he attempted to commit suicide, but was captured before he could succeed. He committed suicide a day later, being arrested uh, by the British forces. There were other guys like uh, Joseph uh, Turboven who killed himself with dynamite in Norway. So, I mean, uh, Adolf Eichmann, though, where everybody's heard his name. Well, not everybody because everybody doesn't study history. I bet you if you went on college campus, even amongst the history majors, they might not even know who Adolf Eichmann is, much less all these other people. They might be shocked to find out that Adolf was a socialist, a democratic socialist at that. But uh anyway, Eichmann uh, fled to Argentina, and he was later captured and, and was in the, the trials. Uh, Hermann Goring was also sentenced to death, but uh, he committed suicide by consuming cyanide the night before his execution. What is this suicide thing? Let's go back to that gunman I mentioned at the beginning of the program. In 1949, that gunman, by the way, that you won't hear this very often, he was actually stopped by a good man with a gun. (laughs) If there had been more good men with guns there, he would not have killed 49 people. But, you know, that's that's not what you're going to hear on most news media. (laughs) So they're going to, guns are bad. Guns are evil. We should outlaw all guns, you know. And that, of course, will really work well, like outlawing all drugs. I talked to somebody who was on a police uh, ride-along the other night. And our we're in one of the poorest counties in the state of Oregon. There are no... We don't even have a traffic light in the whole county. We used to have one, but they took it away. <laughs> we don't even have a traffic light. But we have drugs in this county. And they're mixing these drugs with other things. And uh, he was able to uh, see a you know body cam video of arresting somebody who was on drugs. And this this is out of a Stephen King novel. This guy was trying to bite the people. He was. It took numerous guys to restrain him in a small rural community. You know the zombie apocalypse is upon you. It's already here. Um, the hospital announced just this last week that they're not going to detain. They had two rooms for detaining, you know, people on withdrawal and drugs and everything. And they were supposed to have, uh, you know, doors that you could lock and they could not break the doors down. These were unbreakable doors and everything. Well, they, they didn't just break the door down. They broke it off its hinges. They, they go so berserk, so crazy, so, 
a wild-eyed insane. And then they're running through the hospital corridors, stark naked, after just breaking down an unbreakable door and ripping it off its hinges. And nurses are supposed to restrain them? Uh, How do you do that? You know, cops can't even restrain them. Tasering them several times can't even restrain them. Eventually, they did restrain them, but it was no small feat. And it it's drugs that are turning people into these crazed maniac things. And these drugs are mostly coming across your southern borders. Most of the people in our community didn't even hear this story. You know, they might read it a little bit in, in, in the local paper eventually, but this kind of stuff is going on everywhere. So anyway, back to, you know, so what does this all have to do with Herman Goring and all this stuff? Most of the, most of these guys, you can go read these mass killers that go to gun-free zones. That's the first thing. They go to gun-free zones. They suddenly kill all kinds of people for some crazed, imagined wrong or whatever. They're going to make something right. And then when they're caught or they're cornered or they're about to be caught or cornered, we've talked about this many times, they kill themselves. This is evidence of a spiritual DNA, spiritual dynamic of self-destruction. Destroy others and then destroy yourself. And this is the way it goes. And you you were destroying others thinking that you're saving the world. This is another uh, thing that we see people are, you know, uh, Al Gore world was going to be this frying pan disaster in 10 years and flooding all the cities and everything. Well, that came and went. And now we got uh, Ocasio-Cortez saying that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is saying that, uh, you know, we've got 12 years left and the world will be destroyed. And the same, you can go back to 1929 and you'll hear the same thing. Now, I'm going to actually tell you about how the world, it won't be destroyed, but how it can completely change overnight and probably will. And I've known this since I was eight years old when I watched it first take place in my lifetime. Actually, I had access to equipment that allowed me to see it actually taking place. I didn't realize the full extent at the time, but I, when I looked up after seeing this, I realized, oh my gosh, this was my Kodak moment. I can still remember it sitting in Bobby Maloney's backyard. Back, you know, I was eight years old over half a century ago. <laughs> well, over half a century ago. And I actually witnessed what is going to bring about severe change. Not destruction of the universe, not the destruction of the planet, but maybe the destruction of the world. Now, when I use that word world, I mean the systems of men. To bring the systems of men down. And we'll give you more hints about that later. But... I want you to see the process of these spirits so you can identify them because your salvation has to do with your repentance. Your repentance has to do with the changing of your mind. That your mind has to be changed. That we call it sometimes born again. Born again, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, comes from an ancient, ancient uh, phrase back, you know, 2,000 years before Christ which is actually, if you go back 2,600 years before Christ, you will see the same event that's going to bring about the destruction of the the world system as we know it today. 
and we'll talk about that more later uh, in this little series. But the reality is this, what what's going on here is a spiritual dynamic. And those spiritual dynamics have a pattern to them. And you can see that pattern. And you can certainly see it in others. You can see it in the world. You can see it in our modern media. You can see it in history where people go out and cause murderous bloodshed and mayhem thinking that they are the salvation of the world at the same time. And then when they're cornered, they kill themselves. And we see this on a microcosm with these little mass shooters, but that's actually like a bubble of spiritual energy that has invaded that individual and caused him to do that. What you want is the spiritual dynamic of Christ. Because that makes you immune to that spiritual dynamic that you see in these uh, crazed drug addicts and these mass murderers and in the uh, Adolf Eichmanns and uh, Joseph Turbovan and Adolf Hitlers and and all these uh, different mass murderers of history uh, that have caused the deaths of millions of people. We didn't even get into the mass murderers of China. You know, Mao Zedong didn't kill all those people by himself. He had to have the spirit that is this destructive spirit in all these other people. And how do you get invaded by that? I mean, the guard who's sitting there shooting the girl in the back of the head while another guard holds her because they're going to dump her down into this pit. And there's all kinds of other people lined up to be shot in the same way. That photograph floats around all the time. These people are all invaded by a certain spirit. They're possessed by a certain spirit. I'm not saying that they're exonerated from what they're doing, but they they are possessed by that spirit and they cannot stop themselves. They've already been drawn down a certain path. How do you protect yourself? How do you find salvation so that you are not drawn down that path? Well, what do you how do you do that? Well, anyway, I have here all kinds of quotes from people from like uh, Harry Truman who was warned that the Allies themselves had done many of the same things that they were being tried for in the Nuremberg trials. Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, uh, Harlan Fisk uh, Stone, called the Nuremberg trials a fraud. And uh, they they talked about this uh, being a vengeful thing with a double standard. Um, there was a book written by Frida Utley in 1949 called The High Cost of Vengeance. And she talks about that double standard. Again, going back to uh, William O. Douglas talks about this expo, uh, ex post facto where they created a law after the fact and then they were going to try it. Uh, the people for breaking that law. I've seen this going on today where you actually have a law in the United States and you capture a foreign dignitary and you try him in the United States for laws that were only laws in the United States. And they get away with this because the law is not really in them. And that's why this vote recently on 3036 in Oregon, which was, this is just a, a preliminary vote. It's a committee vote. It hasn't become law yet. But now, look at the margin. Nine people voted 
against forced vaccination for every man, woman, and child in Oregon. And 30 voted for it. That's not a close call. They, and they, and their rationale is really non-existent because their facts are all skewed. This is a long time coming. They don't see what they're doing. They don't see the long-term repercussions. Of course, you know, neither does Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez see that socialism breeds tyranny. If she had studied Polybius in school, you know, it was 150 years before Christ. If she actually knew what Christ was preaching, what Abraham was preaching, what uh, John the Baptist was preaching... That if you do not take care of the needy of your society through free will offerings, if you try to do it by force, you will go into bondage. Because as you judge, so shall you be judged. They don't understand that. But the problem is most Christians out there today, professing Christians, well, I call them professing Christians, don't understand that either. They don't realize that if you are going to force other people to contribute to your welfare, by someone who can exercise authority, you yourself will go into bondage. But the bondage that we want to free you from, and it's the only bondage that is really important to free you from, is the spiritual bondage that allows such ideas that it's okay to force your neighbor to contribute to your bondage. That covetous practice is moral. That idea we need to protect you so that that idea does not exist in your mind. Because in that idea is a home for evil that will bring about your self-destruction. So salvation is a freeing of your mind. And that freeing of your mind allows God to write His law, His mind upon your heart and upon your mind. Because I can't teach you these things. If you're looking to me as the the teacher, then you're looking to me as the doctor. Because that's the word doctrine means teach teachings. You need the doctrines of Christ, and they're there and they're simple. They're not complex. You the reality is, you know, many of these churches today are actually cults. And in order to become a cult, they have to create a doctrine. They create a doctrine. There's only some of them that can interpret that doctrine for you. That's a sign of a cult. We have a whole page and we won't go into all that now. It would be too much of a sidetrack. But we have articles and recordings. What is a cult? The One of the first things that you will see is that cult members are going to accuse people trying to get out of the cult as being subject to other people's cults. <laughs> they will accuse them of being in a cult because they want to get out of that cult thinking. The doctrines of the church are only the doctrines of Christ. If you If somebody wants you to join their church and you say, okay, can I see your doctrines? And as you, if 99% of all their doctrines should be right out of the mouth of Christ. So as you're reading their doctrines, you should be reading Christ's words. If less than 50% 
of their doctrines, the words that they have written in their doctrines are actually the words of Christ, run. (laughs) Get away from that church because that is not the doctrines of Christ. There is no reason why 99% of your doctrine is not the direct words of Christ because that's what the church is. It's promoting the doctrines of Christ, not the doctrines of anybody else. So, what happens, though, is they get into your mind, they start controlling the way you think, and they start telling you the way they think, and that's as convenient for you because you don't have to think yourself, you just do what they tell you. And then you're in their cult, and you begin to do as they say, and you feel justified in it, and they will do all kinds of things to make you feel justified, emotionally, mentally, and uh, they go to great efforts to do that. Uh, somebody else who was in the news recently is that this Jamie Shoup, who was uh, one of the first transgender, non-binary people, and was uh, was the champion of uh, transgender people. Well, now he's coming out and he says uh, all this transgender stuff. This did not help me at all. It destabilized my mental health because I was living in a false reality. That's his words. Now he's he's condemned, you know, that he's kind of a terrible guy. He was he was a veteran and suffering from PS, PSD, PSTD, whatever it is, uh, you know, delayed stress syndrome. And uh, he began to think this and people supported that delusion uh, that he was a transgender. And he says that it destroyed him. It was wrecking him. It was destabilizing him, making things worse because he was living a lie. A false reality. And so what we want you to do, and this is where we're going to go in the next show, is to help you find that reality uh, and and where it's all taking you. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So what is salvation? What does all this that we've been talking about for the last hour have to do with salvation? Well, you need to know what doesn't have to do with your salvation in order to find out what does have to do with your salvation because the world is going to try to lead you astray it's going to try to herd you yeah i mean the world i mean what was the roman cult the imperial cult of rome what was that it was a social welfare system you signed up once you signed up you were a surety for the debt of that cult and that it would provide you with free bread it would provide you with protection but it would also be the dominant force in your life And, of course, John the Baptist says, no, you don't do this by force. You do this by charity and love. And you you take care of one another, you know, whether somebody doesn't have a coat or they don't have food or they don't have shelter. You have to do this by charity. If you don't do it by charity, if you try to do it by force, you will not find salvation. And being born again is being freed first from the idea that the world is your salvation. By world, I mean the constitutional orders and systems of government that use force. You need to practice pure religion, take care of the needy of your society, unspotted, unspotted by those people who use force. You can't use force. You have to do it through charity. You cannot do this unless you sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands as Christ commanded. I mentioned that that Christ had said that on a Facebook post, and the first person says, no, that was Moses. Uh, There's no tens, hundreds of thousands, you know, in the New Testament. 
Yeah, there is. You just, it's not a part of the doctrine of the church you go to, so they never tell you about it. And you don't do your own research and homework, and, and you're not led by the Spirit because you don't have the Spirit in you. You know what Spirit you have in you? You have the Spirit of destruction in you. But guess what? You can find salvation from the Spirit of destruction. The false accuser who leads you into damnation and death. So anyway, we, we mentioned, uh, Shoup, who uh, realized he was living a false reality. This Jamie Shoup, he, he, he thought he was transgender and he followed that path and, and he realized it was a false reality. Now we see more and more people wanting you to believe in their delusion. He, he was a guy. He, he wasn't a woman. And it, it's, it was false to pretend that he was. Now, I don't want to condemn him, especially him, because he's finally woken up. But I don't want to condemn anybody who's under such a delusion that they're biologically a man and they want to think that they're a woman. Or biologically a woman and want to think that they're a man. It's a delusion. It's a dysphoria. It, it is they're uncomfortable with what reality is. What their reality is. They're uncomfortable with that. I get it. But... Those who support that delusion are entrapping people in a a way of thinking that produces statistics like 40% of the transgenders end up in suicide, including those who go to societies that don't judge them and offer them biological reversal of reality. You know, it's not really a reversal of reality because... They, they aren't really, they, they look more like a woman when they have the biological changes, but they still aren't women. They're not having children. Uh, that's, you know, that, and that probably somebody thinks, well, we will someday. Well, no, this is, this is not, this is a false reality. That, and it's abomination, and they're doing it to children now. They're starting children out, at least chemically, uh, altering them. And they, and that's a violation of the Nuremberg, which we just read, because they have to have the capacity to understand the long-term repercussions of the medical experiment that you're performing on them. That, that they don't understand at five and ten and twelve what this means. Uh, the parents that are doing this to their children are are violating the the not only the uh, uh, the the crimes that were mentioned in the Nuremberg, but uh, the Helsinki Accords. These these are criminal acts uh, by their rules. But we're dealing with the kingdom of God, which is a universe of cause and effect. What are the rules in the kingdom of God? This universal reality that we're all stuck in that has nothing to do with the legislature. You, you know, I always remember this, and I've mentioned it numerous times, is that the first political body, legislative body, got together in America and passed laws against known crimes. Well, it, it, this is like, wait a minute, there are known crimes already, why do you have to pass a law against them? Because they were creating a legal system. But the reality is there are things that are already crimes in the universe. 
their sins. We call them sins. I just expounded on our, our page on sin, what that, what that means. Sin is simply missing the mark, not understanding cause and effect, stepping out of the natural order of things and trying to make things work unnaturally. And there will be repercussions. If you try to force charity, charity stops being charity and starts being something else. This is cause and effect. It's going to produce a different result than what real charity would produce. Same as, you know, transgender, where you dress up like a woman, you make yourself look like a woman, and you pretend to be a woman. You're not going to produce the same thing that a real woman would produce you're actually going to end up creating probably that self-destruction, which is why you have this, I mean, it's an ungodly amount of suicides because they come from the fact that you want to live a false reality. And people who support you in that false reality are actually doing you more harm than somebody who would, you know, call you names. I, I don't think people should call you names. I don't think that people should put you down. I don't think people should be mean to you. That They should try to help you if you're willing to receive help. They can't force help on you because that would be again back to what happened to consent. But they should try to help you deal with the false reality that you think you're stuck in or think you have to believe in. But if you don't want that help, Okay, we'll wait till you do. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but I think that's the actual loving way is to get you out of a lifestyle that ends up with 40% of the people committing suicide. So anyway, back to salvation, which of course we're still talking about. And what is salvation? And, you know, if we, if we go just to the New Testament to begin with. Now remember, Jesus is trying to show you a way to have a more abundant life on this planet. Jesus is talking about the God of the living. You don't have to die to get into heaven. You you just have to repent and think a different way. And and you, and this will change your actions and relationships with the world. And there are many signs to look for to see if that change is complete or if you need more repentance, if you're in need of more repentance. Anyway, according to Strong's Concordance, the Greek word uh, sorteria is a, has a short definition of deliverance or salvation. And, you know, it's translated a number of different ways in the New Testament. But the longer definition actually defines it as welfare, prosperity, deliverance, preservation, salvation, safety. So, are vaccines your salvation? Are police your safety? Is a stronger military your safety? Uh, is, are they going, is the legal system deliverance from injustice? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> so, is, uh, is your salvation going to bring you prosperity, like the prosperity gospel? I've I've written some things on that. And I still have more to deal with that, but it'll be a topic of discussion. This idea of a prosperity gospel. What's prosperity? You know, I know lots of rich people whose children were absolutely an abomination, and they destroyed their lives, and uh, because their parents were prosperous but not prosperous in what they needed to be prosperous in. 
And so therefore they were not delivered from what they needed to be delivered from. So where's your protection coming from? This this word salvation also translated protection. In in reference to just physical protection or spiritual health? What what is the uh real salvation of your being? And if you focus too much on your personal salvation, you're stepping out of this continuity of generation to generation. The kingdom of God is from generation to generation. So the best way to secure your salvation, well, of course, it's believing Christ, but what is that going to actually physically look like? Is to care about the next generation as much as you care about yourself. You have to care about others, the neighboring generations, as much as you care about yourself. One way to start that process is to care about the elderly. You know, the the last generation. You have to care about the last generation. This is what, this is all spelled out very clearly in just a few words like honor thy father and thy mother. Your father and your mother are going to get old. They're going to need to be taken care of. Are you honoring them? That actually means to take care of, to fatten, to provide for. Are you doing it or have you turned that job over to somebody else? If you've turned that job over to somebody else, with that responsibility comes power. So you've also turned over your power of choice to somebody else. And that's why you're seeing a rise and we could I could mention you all kinds of articles that have brought this up. A rise in euthanasia. We're not going to take care of your parents. We're going to take care of your parents. We're going to get rid of your parents. We're going to kill them. And that euthanasia has been around for a long time. And it's practiced regularly in the hospitals all the time. Uh, but they have a very clever way. They don't call it euthanasia. They call it make him comfortable. And they give them drugs to make them sleep more, decrease the amount of oxygen, which brings in infection. and they, they drug the people to death. And they make them so comfortable that they just die. And that's all the time. And now you, some people will hear this and they'll argue, well, they were in pain. And, uh, and you know, I'm not against pain medication either. But where you draw the line has to do with where you are spiritually. And where you are spiritually has to do with what spirit is dwelling in you. And what spirit is dwelling in you requires you to see the reality about you. About your heart. About your mind. You have, If you're going to clean the temple of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to look in the temple of the Holy Spirit and see what's already there. Which is why you know we have a page on meditation and preparing you to teach you that. And I put up recordings recently. So that you can take a look at yourself. You're not supposed to be hiding in meditation, you know, or hiding in prayer or hiding in a church that says that you're saved already. You don't have to look at yourself. No, you have to look at yourself. That's a, that's a sure sign you're in a cult when they say you don't have to look at yourself. They want you to look at them. You want to look to them. You know, just keep coming back to church. Keep tithing to the church. No, we... we we think you should come to the church, but we think that you should come to the church to do what Christ said, which is to love one another. So you can't be looking at me and loving one another. All those 49 people and their 
Of course, that wasn't a Christian church. It was a Muslim church, but I, I guess they have pews there. Maybe they just have prayer rugs. I don't know how they have that set up. But the point is, is you know, they they were not prepared to protect one another. And they were, you know, that's why people, that's why these shootings take place in gun-free zones where nobody has a gun. They can't protect one another. And fortunately, somebody did come up, some private citizen, I guess, came up with a gun and stopped it and put an end to it, which is, but you don't hear that, you know, when somebody is shooting up a, a church, was it in Texas, and uh, and the guy who ran out in his bare feet to stop the shooter was a guy was a member of the NRA, he's actually a teacher for the NRA, and he was carrying an AK-47, and he put it into the shooting, and he actually ended up putting it into the shooter. Uh, who eventually died from being wounded. All those other people, they were not prepared to protect one another. And of course, with the solution of the mindless, uh, maybe majority in some areas, is to make it so that nobody can protect themselves. And to allow the murderers of the world, the, the, the people on this uh, self-destructive rampage, just do what, whatever they want. Uh, anyway, um, you know, I don't know if I mentioned that the rest of the way I just had a flash on this that when I was saying that the hospital said they would no longer take care of these patients who are coming off these drugs and manifesting what you're going to see manifested even without the drugs, uh, where people are just crazed killers trying to bite and destroy everything, you know, um, you know, like zombies. Uh, that they won't, they won't keep the people there anymore at the hospital. So I don't know where they're going to keep them. I guess they just lock them up in the jail. And they've already had trouble, even in these little small town jails of people, you know, uh, they're worse than animals because they have degenerated into what Polybius calls perfect savages. And you're doing it to yourself. You, you have, you have, you don't know the wisdom of the culture of Christianity. You call yourself a Christian, but you're not doing what Christ said. And so your salvation, because you're looking everywhere else for your salvation and deliverance and preservation and safety. You're not looking to God. So what does it look like to look to God for your salvation? You know, this, uh, you know, the safety in an ethical sense, that which conduces to the soul's safety. And translated health in Acts 27.34. And in Hebrews 11.7, the author describes the saving of Noah and of his family by the word of God as given to Noah in the preservation for the disaster coming upon the world. So what is the disaster coming upon the world? Is it going to be another flood? I mean, according to Al Gore, all the cities along the coastline are going to be flooded. I guess that's not quite like Noah's flood. But uh, no, it's going to be something else. And we may get time to touch on it. I have, you know, huge section on my notes. I, I came up with, there's a lot of recent discoveries that show that this disaster happens on a fairly regular basis throughout history. And Christ predicted this very disaster, talked about it. But you, 
most of your preachers don't even, they don't know about that any more than they know about the fact that he commanded his ministers, his disciples, to organize the people in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. They think, oh, no, that was Moses. No, no, that was Christ. Moses did it. Christ did it. Abraham did it. All of them did it. Because when you organize yourself, and in order to organize yourselves that way, because you have to do this yourselves, nobody's going to force you. This isn't like the governments of the world who exercise authority one over the other. You have to do this yourself. Sit down together so that you can practice that love of neighbor as yourself. You cannot do that unless you also forgive your neighbor as yourself. Oh, I don't want to join with those guys because, you know, that guy, he thinks this. And that guy, he said that. And, you know, I don't like that guy, you know. It's a free assembly. Why aren't you coming to get, do you care about him? I mean, can you let a gay person in your congregation? Certainly. You don't support his delusion. But he can come in, because the congregation is a free assembly. It's not a corporation. You you don't have to give anything to him. You don't have to help him out. You 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 don't have to marry you know have a marriage ceremony with him and his, his significant other. You don't have to do that. That's not the purpose of a free assembly. The free assembly is to learn to care and forgive one another. It's not there to support you in your delusion. See, most people go to church to be supported in the delusion that they're saved already. Because they thought a thought, they're now saved. That's not what Christ said. Nobody wants to... Well, yeah, but, yeah, but I actually had a minister tell me this. I mentioned this because it is so astounding. That, you know, I said, but Jesus said, not those who say, but those who do the will of the Father. And he says, oh yeah, but he said that before the crucifixion. Oh, so... It is what you say? You just have to say these words? Because that's not what Paul says. If you take Paul out of context, yeah, you can come up with that. But if you actually put Paul into context, then you find out that, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Paul said that this person, this person, the person doing this, and the person doing that, and the person doing that, and this, and this, and this, has no inheritance in the kingdom. Well, wait a minute. They must have inheritance in the kingdom because they said the magic words. No. (laughs) That's not... You, if you're going to quote Paul, you're going to have to quote all of Paul. And Paul said he preached Christ first, and Christ said, not what you say, what you do. You're still not saved by works. But if you're not doing what Christ said, then you're probably not saved. That's evidence that you're not saved. That you, I mean, that's the warning from John, from Paul, from James, from Peter. That, you know, you're going to go back, you know, well, Jesus died so that we would be free, so we're still free. Wait a minute, have you been doing covetous practices? You know, the covetous practices, Peter said, would make you merchandise and curse your children. You'd become surety for debt, all from covetous practice. You'd begin, again, become entangled in the yoke of bondage. That's not salvation. You're not saved in this world nor the next. Because you haven't really accepted the real Christ. The cult Christ, yeah, you've accepted that. Okay. But you're not saved. You're deluded. Just like Shoop was deluded. 
And he realized that he had to stop living according to a false reality. And then he could get better. He had to look at himself. And then he could get better. Why are the people committing suicide who wreak this mayhem and kill people and and start wars and all this stuff? Why do they end up committing suicide? Because they don't want to see themselves. They don't want to look at the truth. They don't want to... Reality is upon them, so they kill themselves. You want to be free from that, you have to see the reality. And you come together to help one another see the reality about one another in love. Because you actually care about them. At the... Well, all Shoop needed was somebody who cared about him enough to help him see the reality he was hiding from. And he would be cured. The problem is you have these people out there trying to save, you know, homosexuals or transgender people or whatever you want to call them or, you know, mass murderers or whatever. They're trying to save them and they themselves are not saved. Physicians heal thyself. First, you know, and this is why, you know, you have your Democratic and Republicans arguing and fighting out. And I'm I'm looking at the Republican arguments against some of the crazy things that are coming out of the Democratic Party. And I think they're they're just as crazy sometimes. I think, why can't you see the problem here? They can't see it. Because they haven't been willing to see the truth about themselves. You see, there's a protection There's a cloak of protection. There's an armor of protection in seeing the truth and letting the truth into yourself. You have to see the truth about yourself. And when you try to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, you're going to see that you're not as patient and as loving, as forgiving as you would like to think you are. But that's good that you see that. People say, oh, you know, it kind of got uncomfortable in the last meeting, so I I don't think I'm going this week. (laughs) That's like getting a membership in the gym and say, well, I don't like to go to the gym because I get stiff afterwards, you know, all that exercise. (laughs) Yeah, I wish you'd think the same thing about getting drunk, you know. You know, last time I got drunk, I had this thing afterwards. I think they call it a hangover, you know. <laughs> I I haven't ever been drunk, so I don't really know what a hangover's like. <laughs> I've kind of had a hangover from working too hard sometimes. <laughs> and I feel it the next day, but uh, that's not quite the same thing anyway. But Paul talks about many being blinded in Romans eleven seven, So that they cannot see. Then goes on to talk about what had been written in the Old Testament about blindness. So, so what, what all is he talking about here in his, you know, blindness in the Old Testament? Well, when then Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, And the rest were blinded. The election hath obtained it. So you should see, if if you're 
benefiting from the election of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ. Christ died that you might be saved. It's not a guarantee. You might be saved. I mean, he did what he's supposed to do. But if you're not willing to see the truth about yourself and the doctrines of Christ, who told you to keep the commandments. And he said, if you love me, you will keep the commandments. So there's a sign right there. If you're not keeping the commandments, you don't really love them. You say you love him, but you don't. Because if you did love him, you would keep the commandments. Now, you may want to love him. You may love something about him. But you need to be keeping the commandments. And if you're not, that's a gift. That knowledge is a gift to help you realize that you're still in need of repentance. So, we're going to take a look at Romans 11.8 when we come back to Keys of the Kingdom. And we'll see if we can't get a good grip on salvation. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, in Romans 11.8, it says, According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear, unto this day. And that, of course, is what we're dealing with uh, a great deal of the time out there in the world because people just don't get it. Uh, that they're blind. Why can't they see the many of the things that we're sharing with you? And we can back them up with facts. And this is one of the things uh, that if we have their guest on this afternoon, uh, which will, is scheduled to be here, uh, that was in the debate as to whether to force everybody in the state of Oregon to whether they consent or not, take medical treatment, which is to, to obtain what they is fictitiously called herd immunity. It doesn't exist, and it won't exist. You cannot get herd immunity with vaccinations. And we've explained that earlier in the show, that actually vaccinations with certain ailments actually is possibly going to create a, a new virus that nobody has immunity to. <laughs> <laughs> and we see this already with antibiotics is that and the AMA and their own medical records and their own statements have come out and said that people who have a ready access to antibiotics are generally sicker and subject to more and more infections because the I just somebody just died the other day of from the fact that they their body became immune to the antibiotics. And the antibiotics destroyed all the good bacteria in their system. And they were no longer able to digest food. And they just went downhill. And uh, had the, the, you know, I mean, I could give you stories. I'll just have to give them to you in private uh, when you come out to uh, the festivals at the to Summer Lake. And uh, hopefully we'll have a good one this year. We'll see how we can, what we can put together uh, with your help. But anyway, back to the salvation thing that uh, we see where a blindness comes. So if you're starting to see the truth and the truth about yourself, your own weaknesses, you know, it's easy to see where everybody else is going wrong, but it's a little harder to see where you're going wrong. You know, and if you look in Second Corinthians 4, 4, uh, it says, we see him say that the gods of the world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. 
Now, what is he talking about? The gods of the world. Well, it's actually the gods of the age. That's not the word cosmos there. But it's the gods of that time. And, of course, Paul says there are gods many. And he's talking about ruling judges many. People who tell you what is good and evil. And, of course, those those 40 people on that committee, now they're not actually passing the legislation, but now it's going to go on to the legislation. Nine of them voted against forcing medical treatment on people without their consent. But 30 voted to force medical treatment on people without their consent. So that means that as they judge, so shall they be judged. So now somebody else can come and force something on them that invades their body, invades their freedom, invades their life without their consent because they believe that you can you can force people to do things without their consent. That's what they voted for. And they cannot see that there's something dangerously wrong with that. They just they don't even they don't even comprehend it whatsoever because their minds are already given over to a way of thinking. They are in need of repentance. But we can't force them to repent. So, you know, like we see the, of the 50 laws that were coming down the pike, all of a sudden, from the same sources, all pre-written, all pre-arranged, all passing down, all happening in other states, all across the United States. Take away your guns. Take away your right to consent. Take away your right to free speech. That that There is a huge movement to do that and to do it rapidly. And they're bringing in thousands upon thousands, supposedly new voters, going to allow all these illegal socialist voters are coming across to vote in their favor. They're also bringing across all kinds of diseases, many of which are already, you know, that there's a tuberculosis that it doesn't respond to uh, our present treatments for tuberculosis. And it's coming across the border on a rapid pace. We've already seen it down in, in uh, many of the southern states and it's going to be everywhere. But I'm not really so concerned about that, although I, I, it's definitely a threat to many of you. I'm concerned about the mental state that is allowing this to take place and people can't even see what is happening. Because I don't really think that a border wall is your salvation either. I think your salvation is in repentance. But anyway, back to all these laws that are coming down to take away all these rights and take away your your uh, right to consent and all these kinds of things and violate everything from the Hippocratic Oath to the Helsinki Accords to what have you, which are all their rules. But I know, again, even if you hold them to their rules and I could give you strategies that will help protect you, there's no reason to give it unless your mind is changing and you're allowing God to write upon your heart and your mind. So I don't, I don't need to... Be a cult leader directing all your little minute, you know, details of how you're going to thwart this. But one of the things that has popped up numerous times this week from the mouths of different people around me uh, that I've come into contact with. I actually did a little bit of traveling and meeting people in other towns and had some really in-depth conversations with people. Is that people talk about, if those laws are passed, I'm leaving the state. I says, where are you going to? He says, if I went to California, I would be freer than if than we would be if all the laws they're trying to pass in Oregon are passed. And I says, yeah, but the problem is, aren't they passing more laws in California every day? 
and he's he he suddenly you know had this deer in the headlight look and but you can go to montana you can go to minnesota you can go to all it, it you cannot flee the spirit of evil isn't the spirit of evil supposed to flee you problem is you need to let the spirit of righteousness in you the spirit of righteousness doesn't say when the enemy comes you flee spirit of righteousness when the enemy comes you stand together the problem is people don't know how to stand together it's not even mentioned about standing together you know the, you know they want to stand together under the constitution well, the constitution is not your salvation either you're supposed to be seeking the kingdom of God. That's where God is king, not you. I'm not king over you. Your pastor's not king over you. God is king over you. How do you know if it's God's spirit you're listening to? By what you do. Well, fleeing is not a godly thing to do. <laughs> so, you know, hating is not a godly thing to do. Resenting is not a god. Godly thing. Shutting your eyes is not a godly thing to do. So if you want the salvation of Christ, you have to do what Christ said. And he said, seek the kingdom. Seek a place where nobody rules over anybody else is mind or consent. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't need to pass a law against abortion. It's already against the law. It's against a known law. If you take life, you lose life. If you give life, you get life. That's the law. That's the cause and effect law. If you judge it's okay to take your the life of the baby in your womb, then it's okay for your neighbor to take your life. Because you're in his way. That baby was in your way, so you took his life, and now you're in somebody else's way, so he can take your life. That's that's the way it works. That's That's the law of nature. As you judge, so shall you be judged. There's already a law against it. But why am I having to pay for your sin? I shouldn't have to pay for your sin. I have to pay for my sin, but I don't have to pay for your sin. What is sin again? Missing the mark. We'll get into that later on in the series. If you want to get a, you know, do a little extracurricular activity, go look up the sin of Sodom at preparing you because I've been laying that out for you. But anyway, you you know, you have to understand that in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, he's t- talking about the gods of the world and the gods of the world are the ruling judges of the world, the ones who say that it's okay to force and take away from your neighbor to have what you want, to have your salvation, to have your security, to have your herd immunity, which you will not get. But you imagine it because you're blind. You don't really see the processes of what's going on. Yeah, I was going to go through a whole section and show you what, you know, what really is endangering you, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to keep harping on the fact that you need to have a renewing of your mind. God will renew your mind if you repent, think differently. And act upon what God is showing you now. Then he will help you think even more differently. (laughs) And then eventually you won't need me to tell you what's coming. You won't need me to prophesy the future of the world. Because you'll see it yourself. You don't need another guru. 
Do you need the righteousness of God dwelling in you? And you, in order to do that, you need to make room for it. You know, then Paul goes on to specifically say, in quoting David, in Romans 11, 9, speaking of tables being a snare and a trap, the quote is from Psalm 69:22, where David talks about what should have been for your welfare being a trap. Which is why John the Baptist is saying, you need to take care of one another, not to force like the rest of the world is doing, but through charity. You cannot do that efficiently unless you come together. And if you're fleeing the state, running off to save yourself, you're going to find yourself in no man's land. You need to come together in a network of charity and start caring about others as much as you care about yourself. And then you will not only have the full armor of God, but you will have life more abundant because you're giving up your time to save others. You're not just fleeing to save yourself. That is not the answer. The answer is to come together caring about others as much as you care about yourself. As much. So, anyway, uh, the first time we see the word salvation in the Bible, it is translated from the Hebrew word, Yahshua. Yeah. God, Shua, meaning salvation and deliverance, but is also translated help, health, save, saving, even welfare. So again, there's another word, translated welfare. So where where do you go when you need welfare? You go to the world, the men who exercise authority one over the other, or you go to, do you go to church? Because we used to go to church, but your churches now have almost all become cults. They, and all your ministers are ear ticklers. You know, so this, this word Yeshua is actually, um, uh, is from another word that, uh, can mean salvation as well. Uh, that is, uh, I was trying to think of the actual letters there. I think I have this written down on the, the page. If I don't, I'll add it in. But, um, anyway, the, uh, this this meaning of salvation or deliverance or help or health or save or savings or, or or welfare today the world what we call welfare is generally provided by those men who call themselves benefactors who exercise authority one over the other something Jesus said we were not to be like ourselves as Christians but yet all Christians go I shouldn't say all Christians most all Christians go to those benefactors who exercise authority. No wonder they're in bondage. Because they think it's okay to put their neighbor in bondage to provide them with welfare. In this life. How will you fit, with that spirit dwelling in you that says that that's okay, how will you fit into the kingdom of heaven? You're you're not going to be happy in heaven because that's not the way they do things in heaven. You know, when you die, everybody got this image of where you're going to go to heaven. You know, I'm going to be with Christ forever and His loving grace and all this stuff. You, when you go to heaven, you just, you know, whatever that means. I hate to even use that phrase. There's not a lot of talk about that in the Bible. 
There's a lot of talk about righteousness and what unrighteousness looks like. But you're really, I, I love the line, you're just going to fight evil in another dimension. You still are need to be standing for righteousness. So if you're fleeing this state or that state or this country or that country all the time, and, and you may have to go to another country. You may have to go to another place, but I want you to go there not out of fear, because the, but because the Spirit of God is leading you, is showing you the way, you know, you're done here. Now time to shake the sand off your sandals and go here. But your motivation is not out of fear or inconvenience or anything. Its motivation is out of following what God is putting on your heart and your mind. And God will show you, each of you individually, what he wants you to do. But if you're not going to listen to him in the, the basics of sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and, and caring for one another and loving your neighbor as yourself, if you're not going to attend to the basics... Why would he give you instructions to do more complicated issues? You won't tell you the truth. You won't even hear him. You, that's how you get blind. Is you turn your back on the reality of God in your heart and in your mind. That's how you get blind and deaf. Because if you won't listen to him, you won't hear him. That's the way it works. It's cause and effect universe. You know, the world offers you the wages of unrighteousness, which you obtain by becoming a member in the unrighteous mammon, mammon entrusted wealth. You've all done that already. That's where you're at. Now you have to turn around and go back the other way, but you don't want to go back alone. You want to go back with Christ. You want, you want to meet the Father coming out to you. So that means that you have to, you don't go back to reclaim your inheritance. And people say, you know, my salvation in Christ, I'm going to go back and reclaim it and be, you know. No, you go back to be a servant. That's the prodigal son. It was the spirit of the prodigal son's return to be a servant in his father's house. To serve. And how do you serve in your father's house? You serve one another. How do you serve one another if you won't sit down and even try to find out who one another is? And don't be quick to judgment. Say, oh, well, this guy is not this, and this guy is not that, and this guy doesn't say the right things. And Don't be like that. If you're so quick to judgment, God will be quick to judge you. Because as you judge, so shall you be judged. Everybody should be working to build the network. You know, what we call the network. If you want to join the network, go to preparingyou.com or hisholychurch.org. Look for the network links. Join a Email network close to you. If you can't do that, get a hold of us and we'll try to put you in touch with people as geographically close to you as possible. And then you stay in touch with phone or whatever. Or maybe you're lucky enough to have somebody living down the street. But the email networks that we have, what we call the Google Groups, that should just be an open door policy. Anybody who wants to join into that can join into that. We have moderators on each of the groups. And if you start trying to use the group for some other private purpose, like getting everybody to come and join your little isolated group, your little cult, that isn't what we're about. We're not trying to get people to join this little cult or that little cult. We're trying to seek the kingdom of God. And everybody who wants to do that is not trying to draw people to their little group. 
They're think, looking at the big picture. That's why history is important, to realize that you're not just this little speck in time, this little narcissistic speck in time, that you're a part of a long range of history that goes back 2,000, 3,000 years before Christ. Generation after generation has brought you to this moment. And if you will realize that former generation's sacrifice, sacrifice in the same manner in this generation, then there will be generations to come. Otherwise, you your generations will be snuffed out in the days to come. Just like they were back 2,600 years ago. But even more so. <laughs> so anyway, over and over in the Bible, we are warned about eating of the tables of rulers, especially if you are a man of appetite. You can go read that in Proverbs. There's links on our page if you want to look up our page on salvation and preparing you. And that's what I'm kind of springboarding off of. Not to have the one purse, live link there, system of socialism. Because by its very nature, it makes us merchandise. And it will curse your children. It'll make them surety for debt. Which is... Because America has become a socialist nation already. They just want to become more socialist. People say, well, you don't want to go the way of socialism. You're already there. Okay? Get a grip on reality. If you don't think that the United States is... All the problems that you have have to do with... You know, all the problems you have economically uh, in society and even politically in society has to do with the fact that you have been moving towards socialism now for almost a century. Well, actually, you have been moving for a century in that direction. It's just sped up lately. Another word translated salvation 17 times is the word teshua, which includes the root word uh, shava, which is shim bav ein, meaning to cry out. You know, and then they they follow it with the letter hey, which is a, it's emphasis word. So it's really cry out. It's a really uh, important uh, cry out. But it is preceded by the tav, meaning a sincere cry of faith, because tav is the letter of faith. So you have to cry out in faith. Don't just cry out because you're complaining, you're whining. Faith in what? Faith in the righteousness of God, which is to give your life. I mean, the whole, whole universe, the whole uh, life on this planet, one generation gives its life to the next generation. That's how, that's how life comes more abundantly. That's how you become stronger. That's how you end up not in a wheelchair. I happened to see somebody I knew growing up, a lot younger than me, he's younger than some of my kids, I think. And he's in a wheelchair already. And I was astounded. How is he in a wheelchair already? And because uh, he should have been healthy. And the fact is, is that the choices you make, it, it designs your, your future. Your past is the single most effective element of designing your future. And your past is created by your present. And the kingdom of God is in the present. It's now. It's at hand. That's what it means, at hand. It's in the present. It's what the choices you make today. Are they choices of faith? Are you crying out 
for the righteousness of God. That's what faith, that crying out in faith is all about. Desiring a deliverance like the people from the bondage of Egypt. Everybody wants to be free. But not in righteousness. The prodigal son, like I said, desired to return to his father's house even as a servant. And that's what saved him. Not his works, but his intent to work for righteousness. We're assuming that his intent would have continued him. You know, God will see your intent as to whether it's really true or not. A lot of people say, oh, I'm coming, you know, I'm going to help you out. You know, we've had, yeah, I could tell you hundreds of stories about that. Where And Jesus tells a great parable about two sons. One says, yeah, I'll do it. The other one says, I don't want to do it. And then time goes by and the one who said he wanted to do it didn't do it. But the one that said he didn't want to do it repented of his thinking and went and did it. Which one was the son? So you tell me that Christ says you don't have to do anything. <laughs> you just have to believe. If anybody's telling you that, they're going against that that that, that uh, parable. Because Christ said, no, it's it's the doers that have the real faith. Because that's what's driving them to do is real faith. Because real faith is not just thinking a thought. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. It's not just saying, yeah, I'll do it. It's actually doing it. And what is it you have to do? Come together in charity and love. That is the way in which you seek the righteousness of God and the kingdom of God. And so anyway, that's where you need to go. Uh, we'll, we'll have the afternoon show and hopefully you'll all be there. Until then, peace on your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.